Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk <laughs> out the door. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Um, how, how does she know her dog listens? Like, is there confirmation? Is she getting home and talking to the dog? Oh, how was Adam today? <laughs> oh, good. And I thought he was a little, oh, like, I mean, what? Dog listens to you. Look, I am not an, I am not anti-animal. I am a fan of animals. I want this to be clear, because what I'm going to say is going to upset some animal people here. I'm Rob Rossi, by the way. I should be clear about this. I'm Rob Rossi, filling in for Adam Crowley on the Adam Crowley Show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. We are coming to you live from Carson City Saloon. And by the way, you got another hour to get down here and get $2, get you any draft. They're all saying it's great. It's great. $2 for any draft. $5 appetizers. Spectacular. Never been done. Never been done. $5 appetizers. We love it. So come down to the Car City Saloon. Enjoy. I just ordered. I don't even remember what I ordered. Everything looked so good. I was just like, get me something that tastes good. They're all saying it tastes great. Anyway. uh, So I'm going to say this about the animals. They don't understand your words when you're talking to them. They don't understand the person on the radio's words that you're leaving on for them. And they aren't going to remember what they watch, if they watch, on the television when you leave it on for them. Because they are animals. They are not burdened with the human brain. I don't think they're beneath us. In fact, quite the opposite. I think animals have superior intellect to us. Think about this. We rearrange our whole lives for animals. Do they do that for us? Do animals do anything because it's convenient for us? Animals will at best be trained to relieve themselves at a certain time. And think about it. Aren't you in the same way? How many of you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is relieve yourself? Right? All I'm saying is, animals don't understand you. They don't. They're like children in that way. Like, very early on in their development, a child does not really know what you're saying. You could be saying, oh, little Timmy, I'm so sorry that Grandma got run over by a reindeer and was attacked by a gremlin and turned into a hideous owl-like figure, but I love you so much. They don't care. You can say anything. If you're scolding, you will not care, bear, hypotenuse, angle, all blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't care. It's all about tone. Same with animals. They don't even know what their name means. They just learn that sound. So if you're leaving the radio on to let the dog listen to Adam, first of all, let me just say, let's take this 
in another direction. Let's say, hypothetically, your dog could understand and comprehend what Adam Crowley was saying. Why would you do that to your dog? Why would you leave a television on for your dog or your cat or your pet iguana? Why would you have a pet iguana? What are you going to do with the iguana? Like, isn't the iguana better off where an iguana could be? Like, I get it. If you need to get an iguana off the street, but where the heck are you living? Like, I've seen a lot of weird things here on uh, Carson Street. No iguanas. Now, I was once at Carson City, and I ran into a friend who looked like he had wrestled with an iguana, but that's a completely different story. He's small, he's angry, and then there was the iguana. I'm just saying. The, the animals, you should love them. You should take care of them, especially in the cold and the dangerous conditions. Bring them inside. But they don't understand you. And if they do, they are remarkable creatures because they're keeping it all from us. Right? They're keeping it all from us. And they're able to get together and do something in a way we cannot. I'm just saying. All right. Here's the question. We're talking about trade deadlines. Now, I know it's considered a crime against Pittsburgh humanity. Ha! As if there's ever any humanity in Pittsburgh. It's a crime against Pittsburgh humanity to suggest that there's something good going on in the NBA. But there is something good going on in the NBA. And it's something that we here in Pittsburgh could have our teams learn from. It's something that we here in Pittsburgh used to experience. And it's something that the NBA gets right that all the other leagues have been getting wrong for too, too, too long. We're going to talk about that with my friend Noah Kozlov when we come back here to the Carson City Saloon for the Adam Crowley Show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. There we go. That's nice. I'll tell you what's better than nice, like orgasmic. I, I don't even know the name of this. you got to get down to Carson City Saloon. you got to order whatever I have. It's like pulled pork with cheese and pierogi and fried onion straws and a fried pickle. It's, well, I'd marry it if I wasn't so scared of commitment. Wash it down with a $2 draft or a $5 appetizer. I don't know if you can wash it down with an appetizer. You might be able to. I mean, it's pretty, it's it's pretty good food. I'm not going to lie. Why would I lie? Well, I mean, I'm on the radio. That's kind of what we do. So, anyway, uh, Adam Crowley Show here, ESPN Pittsburgh. We are coming up to the dwindling home stretch here. But before we did, I wanted to get a good friend on. Now, you may have seen us talking to each other in past uh, renditions of Facebooking and whatnot. But uh, you've heard me on his podcast, the follow-up podcast. And you hear him on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, the great, great Noah Kozlov. Follow him at Noah Kozlov on the Twitter machine. Noah, welcome to the Adam Crowley Show, which is being upgraded today because of Rob Rossi. 
I'd say I'd say this is quite the orgasmic experience. It is. You know, Noah, you'll appreciate this. This is the only town where the fill-in host has like forty thousand more followers than the guy who actually has the show. Wow! I'm yeah. not. I'm not getting involved in this beef. <laughs> I'm not getting involved. What I'll do is I'll ask my. My cousins and all my friends in Pittsburgh, who they prefer, and then we'll go from there. No, they should prefer Adam. He's a great guy. He's much more entertaining. Oh, okay. And he's a fellow uh, West Virginia Mountaineer, so he's near and dear uh, to my heart. I would tell you I went to overnight camp in Morgantown. Oh, I've heard of those, but we might be talking about different things. <laughs> Are we? Can you talk about what, you're, what you experienced? Because i got to be honest, mine involved drinking something from a tub that... No, I'm no, still no. not this really comfortable like, saying. This isn't like band camp. This is like oh. where kids just went to camp in the summer. All right, Noah, we've been talking about trade deadlines here today on the Alan yeah. Crowley Show. And I think everybody has something to learn from the NBA because they're the last league on the planet that still has a trade deadline day where it feels like a lot can happen. But that said, you follow the NBA. What the heck happened? Well, look, when you have one team with the biggest star in the game and – one of the greatest players of all time in with his team just completely on the ropes. And it's up to LeBron and the Cavaliers to extend his finals appearance streak to eight. Then all hell breaks loose. And look, they've got four guys on that team now who, who or three guys who won a title with them just a few years ago. That's it. So it took a lot from a, a new GM, Kobe Altman, to admit that, hey, look, the Kyrie deal, I got it wrong. Let's try to fix it. And that's what he tried to do. I don't think that, I don't think they solved all their issues, but they did exactly what they had to do, and they didn't have to give up the Brooklyn pick. Noah Kozlov, my guest here on the Adam Crowley Show. Follow him on the Twitter machine at Noah Kozlov. Noah, here's my theory, and you know yeah. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a Pittsburgher who likes the NBA, so my theory might be shared by about thirty my people. Favorite, in my the favorite city. kind of Pittsburgher. Yes. So here's my theory, though: the NBA regular season pretty much devoid of compelling storylines that don't involve super teams. The NBA playoffs are usually very predictable. What the NBA gets right is this stuff. The trade deadline, the offseason, they actually seem to generate their interest outside of what goes on on the court. It's amazing to me because they've been doing it now for at least half a decade. And I don't know if this is just the LeBron effect where you kind of don't know every three years what he's going to do, but... When I come to the trade deadline or I come to the free agency period, I can't turn away if I'm a casual sports fan from the NBA. And I feel like there's nothing they could do in the regular season to replicate that. Well, I think here's where it stems from. It stems from that the players are the most recognizable. And it goes all the way back to the NBA forever. They promote stars, not necessarily teams and organizations. They've always been been star-driven. So when you know what their faces look like, when you know who they are, I mean, I think more people recognize Mike Trout in his Eagles outfit and supporting the Eagles than they do if he was just walking down the street in regular clothes or even in an Angels uniform, and that's the problem with baseball. So the NBA has always embraced that. So when you get to social media, you feel like you know these guys, and they're the most active on social media. So now you've got a whole generation of fans who who feel like they actually know these players, which then creates... And, and these guys get after it on social media with each other, and it creates drama. So it's not just it's not just LeBron. I mean, there are teams like you know the Lakers weren't it. The Lakers have been actually pretty good recently. They've won four straight, and they've won eight of ten, and they actually have a pretty good defense. But Lonzo was interesting. The Markel Fultz story in Philadelphia is interesting, 
and that's not even in the top five. And it was the number one overall pick who now all of a sudden can't shoot outside the paint. Uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, what happened with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and, and Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota and when you and, and Giannis is in Milwaukee. So, so you have stars all over the league. Yes, it comes down to nobody can beat the Golden State Warriors, and you'd expect the Cavs to get out of the East, although right now I'd put money on the Boston Celtics. But at least you have stories and you have drama and you have personalities that actually get after each other during the regular season. All the games aren't compelling, but the drama is. I feel like, and we're talking with Noah Kozlov here on the Adam Crowley Show. Follow him at Noah Kozlov on Twitter. Uh, also, check out the follow-up podcast. Um, you can Thank find you. that on his uh, Twitter account. And also, where else can we find that, Noah? You can go on uh, the Facebook page. That's okay. uh, Noah Kozlov Sports and also on, uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. Okay. Uh, I feel like, too, where the NBA is really, really ahead of the curve on these other leagues, and I'm talking about, you know, the big three plus hockey. Um, I feel like where the NBA is ahead of the curve is this. They're not afraid to court controversy. And they're not, whether they're unafraid or they're just unable to control it, their athletes seem to be way ahead of the game in their willingness to put their personalities and their personas out there. And I feel like every league should take a, a close look at what might be happening just because there's something in the air in the NBA, but it benefits that product. But I think that's for better or for worse, too, because if you're the NBA and you've got guys getting after each other on Twitter or even on the floor... The NBA then has to decide, all right, are we going to open this can of worms? What What is considered too far? So in the end, they say, you know what, guys, you need to, when it comes to this stuff, you need to police yourselves. And unless you're doing something illegal or we think is 100% detrimental, detrimental to our product, then we're not going to step in. But it might impact how much money they can make in endorsements how much money they can make from a team because some teams might see certain guys as distractions because of the way they carry themselves. But at the same time, it's entertaining the fans. And something the NBA did years ago before anybody else was they said, all right, let's just put our highlights. Instead of just forcing everybody to go to NBA.com for highlights, we'll just put them on YouTube. That's, that's right. fine. We'll put them on YouTube. And, and it took every other league forever to follow them. Well, the NFL still play catch-up. Yeah, of course they do. They, they take themselves too seriously. Okay, but no, I feel like there's a little bit, and I'm not saying it's, it's scripted like this, but to, to use a professional wrestling term, it's a work where everybody's in on it. I kind of feel like these stars are always in on it, too. Like, they kind of all know what the other one's doing. Like, it's like this mutual, like, we'll make money for each other by doing this. I know, I know. And, it's really, and I love it. And I love it. I know, I know. But it is really, it is really tough to see, to try to determine what's genuine and what's not because you right. don't want it to be. You don't want it to be like wrestling. Right, but it's not. I mean, it's the competition's real. But I feel like all this like drama that pops up, especially on social media, if it isn't attached to a social cause, like I feel like, in a way, that works. Like that really works well to keep casual fans interested. Yeah, and then in the league, like, like the casual fan doesn't know if they if the two guys who are going after each other share the same agent, and right. they're in on, and then they're in on it. It's you know, ignorance is bliss sometimes. So you know, the less <laughs> the less homework you do on these guys, 
oftentimes the better you, the better you are for it. Noah Kozlov, my guest here. Follow him on the Twitter machine, at Noah Kozlov. Check out his coverage of the NBA on Sirius XM NBA uh, Radio. Noah, you know, that trade deadline yesterday was mm-hmm. so spectacular because you couldn't keep up. I can't remember the last time I've ever seen any team, even in a sport where the rosters are smaller in size, remake itself like the Cavs tried to do. You mentioned that you're still not sure it makes them better than the Boston Celtics. So let me ask you this. If that team, if LeBron gets that team to the finals this year, is that accomplishment enough for him to be able to ride away from Cleveland sort of saying, like, look, I've done everything I can? I don't think it's going to be LeBron saying, look, I've done everything I can here. Um because they've done everything they can, and, and Dan Gilbert is spending all the money to put as much as they can around him. Le- LeBron, if, if look, if you know, Le- LeBron fancies himself as this brilliant leader, yet throw Kyrie out of there. Now, he right. could have, you know, he could he could have made that work. Um, LeBron, I do think he, he knows he's, you know, he can't be six for six in the finals since he's already lost a bunch. But so this final streak of getting there means a lot to him. I I. No one knows what he's going to do, but I'd have a tough time thinking about him going anywhere that would make it less likely, significantly less likely for him to reach the NBA final. Well, who, where's he, who's going to put up with him? And I don't mean, look, I think LeBron is one of the ten greatest athletes to ever play any sport. I think in many ways culturally relevant in a way that Michael Jordan never could be in terms of social issues. Um I have a lot of respect for him. I love watching him play basketball. But let me ask you, who besides Cleveland's going to put up with him? Like, unless they just are willing to. Because I feel like all the LeBron drama, it might drive Dan Gilbert nuts, and maybe Dan Gilbert's drama drives LeBron nuts, but I kind of feel like they're perfect for each other in that regard. Houston might. Houston might, okay. The late, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, the fact that you know, LeBron and LeBron would have so much respect for... Kobe and Kobe, Kobe's doing a lot with the Lakers behind the right. scenes, and, and also Magic Johnson. Yeah, um, I think there, it has. I mean, look, he's not going to, um, yeah, you know, he's not going to the Knicks. That well, nobody wants to go up. to the Knicks. <laughs> that would blow up. Yeah, but okay, so the Lakers in Houston, but like that, he ain't getting to the NBA Finals. I mean, easily with those teams. No, they, and that, and that and that's the thing. So unless you're Unless you're willing to make it a little bit harder on yourself, then you get out of these. Then you get out of the Eastern Conference, and and so, the Cavaliers would still the Cavaliers would still have to go into next season with a different looking group right. if they were to be if they were to be the uh, the Eastern Conference champions. And and LeBron himself has to up his performance. I mean, what he did right. the other night against Minnesota was spectacular, but he, his drop off from November where he was he was all time great, let alone his age. He was putting up crazy numbers in November. Dropped off a little bit in December, but then in January he was awful. He, he went from well, he's he went getting from old. A, I mean, oh no, yeah, I know, but yeah. I don't. But I'm not. I don't think that just the one month drop off and all of a sudden, oh, he's old. That's it. Right. But no, this, I agree. But, this, I mean, but he's had to do so much for this team, and at the same time, he's not doing enough because his defense thinks. And and he stopped and he stopped shooting threes at a good clip. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating. I I I'm actually not one of like I love every time he's a free agent. I just think it's 
it's interesting in a way sports has never been. And if we get a third version of it, I'll be cool with it. We're talking with Noah Kozlov here. Uh, check out his uh, podcast, the follow-up podcast. You can find that on his Twitter account, at Noah Kozlov. And also, uh, check him out on SiriusXM NBA. All right, Noah, you're a Philly guy. Um, yeah. You guys, you, guys uh, you have a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Welcome to the party, I guess. It's only taken you, whatever, 52 years. But what's it been like up there this week? Because it's uh, from afar, you know, I try to tell people you can, your city can only win that trophy the first time once. And it was actually kind of cool for me to see all my friends in Philly getting caught up in the moment. Um, uh, it, uh, and it was a uniquely Philly experience, it seemed. What did, what did yeah, you think of A bunch of my friends went out there. A bunch of my friends were home for, uh, and I live in New York, and I'm actually in Tennessee for uh, for work today. So I so I didn't get to go home uh, for the parade. Okay. But from but from talking to so many of my friends, and then, and then watching the and then watching the parade and, and reading everything. And my father's from my father's from Pittsburgh. He moved right. to uh, he moved to Philadelphia in, in 1972. Um, so. Boy, my, it's a great move by him. I mean, Pittsburgh's only won a bunch of stuff since '72, so we, <laughs> bad trade. Although, as, as soon as he, as soon as he moved, the, the, he didn't grow up a Penguin fan, and so as soon as he moved to, to Philadelphia, he became a Flyers fan, and, uh, they, won, and they won, and they won back to back stuff. Yeah, he bet on the wrong um, horse long term, though. Yeah, long term <laughs> for sure. Um, but it, it, it's something that we haven't heard in Philadelphia in a long time. All, all my friends are just saying, everyone's just happy. Wow, and that and that in, in Philadelphia, and the stereotypes are, are true to an extent. You don't get that. No. Everybody is just happy. So no matter what else is going on, people are smiling. That has to be uncomfortable for you people. <laughs> uh, no, and you know what though? <laughs> I, I think I think people are actually embracing it. Hey, this really? Is, this this is a good feeling. Maybe wow. we'll try this in our day to day lives, even if the Eagles aren't winning. Although oh, that's that that's a lie. That's a lie. That's never going to last. What does drive me nuts is when I was watching the parade, I heard the the dreaded, and this team is set up to win oh, for years yeah. to come. Oh, my Just goodness. Just enjoy the yeah, moment. Yeah, we're, like, exactly. it's 52 and, and years. Enjoy the moment. And how many times do we see this in, in football right. where the team that goes to the Super Bowl, losing the Super Bowl, is not even in the playoffs the next year? Come on. No, there have been eight teams in the 52-year history that have repeated. Like, it, it's it's – it's, it's so overwhelming odds. Like I, I, this is what I will tell my friends in Philadelphia. Pass it along to people if you talk to them. I told this to Penguin fans when they won again in 2016. Enjoy it. Just let yourself enjoy it. Stay off social media. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Enjoy it. Because these things are rare. And let yourself enjoy the moment. The moment is okay to enjoy. It's a pretty big moment. Yeah, and what and what I've said to to my friends, I said, think about this. We have a whole new phrase in our lexicon now as an Eagles fan. We can now say, okay, in eight years, yeah, the year we won it, or the year we beat the Pats, or you know, cross your fingers. You know, the, remember, remember the first time we won it? We we've never been able to say that ever. No, ever. You you can talk about your team in completely different terms now. Now, no, I do want you to tell your Philadelphia brother in this though too. Um, the real way to do it in Pennsylvania, as the Flyers proved, is to do it again. So, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, yeah. We've done that four times with the Steelers and the Penguins. Yeah. So, I'm just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I get it. Not, not to ruin on your yeah. part. 
All right, Noah Kozlov, I appreciate it, man. Uh, follow him on the Twitter, at Noah Kozlov. Follow the follow-up podcast, and check him out on SiriusXM NBA. Noah, enjoy Tennessee. Rob, thank you. All right, that's uh, Noah Kozlov. We've got a lot of Philly guests on today. You know what? I'm, un- I'm unsettled by hearing about Philadelphia happiness. That doesn't seem to bode well. Maybe this fiery ball is going to crash into earth, which means I've got to go home and clean my sheets. 412-922-2874. Get in now. Talk about whatever you want. The Adam Crowley Show. We'll be back here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Welcome back, baby. We're at the uh, suddenly steamy Carson City Saloon here. High above the locale. I am. Sweet-talking Rob Rossi filling in for adequate Adam Crowley on the Adam Crowley Show. All right, get down to Card City Saloon. Uh, come down here, party tonight, get the weekend started good. Right now, uh, till 7 p.m., it's a little bit left here on the specials. $5 appetizers, $2 for any draft beer. And look, this food is out of this world. I have something. What, what did I have? Joe, what did I have? I believe it was called the uh, pierogi stack. The pierogi stack. And let me tell you, this thing may be fast moving into my list of, it's not quite at 10, but when we try to get together with friends, we try to come up with 10 list of things Rossi doesn't hate. This, this pierogi stack is on there. It's a sandwich with pulled pork, cheese, pierogi, and onion crisp with barbecue sauce. It's incredible, Jerry. Incredible. How high are the Rolling Stones on that list? The Rolling Stones sometimes extend to 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 on that list to get it to 10. But they're, they're at the very top. Good. It would be Rolling Stones, Cyanide. No, no, I'm joking. Um, there's two ways to win my heart. One, talk to me about the Rolling Stones. Two, talk to me about how much you hate the Beatles. I was a fan of Yoko breaking the Beatles up. I like the Beatles. Still don't. All right. Uh, 7 o'clock, uh, top of the hour here on ESPN Pittsburgh. We've got RMU Hockey. Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta will be there giving you all that action. And before I forget today, I want to thank Adam Crowley for not being in because, hey, rather likes to get paid. Uh, but also, Frank Cervelli, Bob Grove, and Noah Kozlov for being my guest. By the way, Bob Grove, I uh, I beat him. Took me a while, but I beat you, Grover. You shouldn't mess with me, Grover. I know what I'm talking about here, and I, I got you on the question, didn't I? You dig that? All right. The question was, which three players in the history of the NHL have played for the Penguins on at least three different occasions? Those players, which Grover mentioned, were Mark Recchi, Denny Huron, the, and that's the one I didn't get when this question was presented to me. The one I did get, and Grover didn't, and just texted me, you got me, Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin was the guy that, he's Mary Lemieux's friend that they just kept basically trading to a team every year he had a chance to go to the playoffs during those dark days. So Bergevin, Huron, and Mark Recchi are the three players that have played 
for the Penguins on at least three occasions. I bring that up because you kind of get the feeling Marc-Andre Fleury is going to play for them at least twice. But it's hard to play for a team three times. Unless you're in the NBA where they may actually trade you four times in one day. Like, think about, like, some of those players yesterday, like, went to a team, then went to another team, then went to another team, and then they got cut. Like, what the heck is going on? Silly basketball tricks are for kids. Speaking of tricks, I saw something today, and I wanted to leave you. I know Adam likes to do a loose show or a show that's loosely uh, into sports, right? And so I thought about this today. How can I send out the Adam Crowley show in the most uh, profound of ways? Now, this is an important question, Joe. When you were a younger child, so like six or seven minutes ago, were tricks shaped like the fruits in the bowl. I remember the berry cluster. Right. That's, I I wasn't a big tricks fan, but I remember. Okay, but when you, you remember them looking like fruits, right? Yeah. And that's how I remember them. And I tried to eat tricks the other day, and they were just round little puffy balls, like colored like the fruits, but they weren't shaped. Is that an entirely different cereal? Unless, silly rabbit, tricks really were for kids. What if you can only see the actual shape of a tricks in the cereal if you're a kid? Mind blown! Yeah. Like, the tricks look to be just little, like, kicks with colors on them if you're an adult. But if you're a kid, they look like the tricks. And so all that time, it wasn't just a catchphrase. They were really saying, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. You don't seem as enthused by this as I am. I'm perplexed. I was perplexed. Now I'm enthused to know that there's magic out there like this. Makes me wonder what else I could see as a kid that I couldn't. Kind of like the uh, Polar Express thing with the sleigh bells. I don't know what you're talking about. Being able to hear the sleigh bells. I don't celebrate Christmas because I can't see colors. No, I know. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wow, I just shot you down there. (laughs) Yes, red and green are dead to me. Well, then tricks would be very boring. Well, they are. But that's why I needed the shapes. Now it's just a bunch of gray milk. (laughs) It's very, very disconcerting. We got happiness in Philadelphia. We got tricks that are shaving, cha- changing shapes. Cats and dogs living together. All right, come down here to the Carson City Saloon. Uh, are we here every Friday? We are here every Friday. Some Fridays you get Adam Crowley. Then you, some lucky ones you get me. But I've had a lot of fun today. We've had a lot of good conversation. And we continue to do what I like to do best, radio that requires no input from the citizens, as I will kindly call them. It's not that I don't want to hear from them, except that I don't want to hear from them. They don't interest me. They think their thoughts matter. They think their opinions, that they're entitled to them. And i just like to point out, if the Constitution wanted you to have your own opinion, it wouldn't have given freedom to the press to ignore your opinion. That's just the way it is. Could you imagine me writing the Constitution? That would not have ended well. I'd have been kicked out of that room quickly. If you can see colors, he wants you beheaded. Yes, I want that to be the First Amendment. Thou shalt impose a strict death penalty, a gruesome, hideous end to your life if you can see all the colors. But how will we know? Well, we won't now, will we? So, um, 
got RMU hockey tonight at 7. We've got Penguins hockey tonight. They're in Dallas. Uh, Western Conference trip for the Mighty Penguini. Hey, these are tough games. When you've been coming off the emotional return of Flurry and you had the big win over Washington, we already saw the Penguins sort of have a letdown game last Saturday against the Devil because we know what to expect from the Devil. So the Stars, the Stars, if we don't know what to expect from the Stars, this should be an interesting game tonight. Uh, you got really good offensive prowess on both sides. It could be a tough game for the goaltenders tonight. So, and look, it's the first post-NFL weekend in quite some time. So, we need that. Get a little out in the streets here. I like that. Springsteen's on my list, too. One day I'll go over the list. It will not take much time because there's like four things on it. All right, hey, again, thanks to everybody. Thanks to Joe and Tom. This has been fun. Get down to Carson City. Have some fun tonight. Adam Crowley will be back on Monday, I think, unless he's getting some other piece of his body pierced, and you'll be able to hear him talk about his nipples. I don't know. So, hey, for everybody here at ESPN Pittsburgh, stick it right here. Army Hockey next. I'm Rob Rossi. I'll catch you down the line.